coming up on Unsound Advice. So I was talking to this guy. We met on Hinge and we kind of hit it off. We went out on one date, which was just like a chill. I hung out with him in his tattoo shop. We just kind of walked around. We drew together. And now he's left me on red for over 24 hours. So do I just assume he's not interested anymore? She sounds so cool. I mean, I love that like they drew together. Like that to me is is just awesome. Like mm-hmm. I've never even heard of that. It's like a scene from the movie Ghost when they were making pottery, pottery together, and then uh, she gets, and then I she gets to, ghosted. I we've always if wanted, he was drawing hand over hand, right, <laughs> moving her hand, MC Escher, like the hand drawing the hand. I've always wanted to do a remake of Ghost with Patrick, Patrick Swayze, Swayze in today, the movie today. Only Whoopi Goldberg, the actress, can can hear him and talk to him. He's a literal ghost. Is right. he alive? No, no he's he dead. Okay. Um, it's comedy, Laura. Twice in the last month, I had to come pick her up from a guy's house, drunk, at 4.30 in the morning. Do I just assume he's not interested anymore? So I'm in my second marriage. My first one ended because my wife cheated on me, and my second wife is starting to act in a similar way. Hey, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hey there. Um, I know you're a 12-step program person, so I was just wondering, how do you break up with a hairstylist. A bunch of my coworkers are really bad at their jobs. And I wanted to try, you know, bringing her back into my life. I'm just wondering if you had any guidance for me. Give me a strategy here. Where do I start? How do I even begin? And how do I stop eating cookies? Because I love cookies so much. Thanks a lot, Laura. You're the best. We want you to be a part of the show. If you'd like some unsound advice, send an email or a voice memo to Lara at unsoundadvicepod.com. And don't worry, we won't use your name unless you really want us to for some reason. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome to Unsound Advice with Lara Bites. I'm Lara Bites. Today, for the first time, I am being joined by two multi-talented guests. They are comedians, writers, directors, and actors, and brothers, and twins. And I admire them greatly. Their latest series, The Nosebleeds, with the Sklar Brothers is available on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Randy and Jason, the Sklar Brothers. Hey, Hi, Laura. Laura. It's so good to be so here. So good to hang with you. It's I so admire you. you. Thank Damn you. It. Thank you so much for coming. Can I tell you that all the people in the intro, like, I just love them. I like everybody who had like, a question. Can I be friends with every person I was like, who's asked I a question I love you on guys have the courage to ask the question for the advice. Like, there's something beautiful in that. So I was, like, getting, you know, we're getting not emotional. choked up, but I was, like, emotionally involved. Good. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. And you guys have a reputation in the comedy community for giving great advice and being generous with advice. You've given me great advice. I just did your show in the belly room where you so give fun. comedians advice. You give us tags for our jokes. That was so much fun. Um, so I thought that you would be great guests for this show. Perfect. Love it. Should we jump in? Like, Let's jump I, in. I feel like jump we should just jump in. I don't know why we need to mess around. Let's do some business. Let's help some people out. Hey, I have a friend named Justin and he's very overweight and a little bit lazy. He has a poor diet and is not very motivated in exercising, although he does know he needs to do something about his health. Do you have any advice on how to motivate him to be more healthy, make better choices with his diet, or get into some type of exercise routine? Thanks. Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. Because you're like, how far do I go? You don't want to push the person away by being like, too like, you got to do this, you got to do this. Because that probably turns into just white noise for somebody. Right. I, I think you can start easy. 
in terms of like walk, try and get him to walk like instead this that's a great so that was a great call. So instead of I didn't even finish it. Just no, no, but I agree. Up he knows my it ass. in your brain. <laughs> no, you say maybe I wasn't gonna say that. No, I think it's like I was gonna say something similar. Sorry, you, I'll let you finish, man. Yeah, I mean, people are often like. Hey. So what I was gonna no. <laughs> <laughs> people often say to us like, "It's so great you guys finish each other's sentences," and I'm like, "I haven't been able to finish a sentence in 51 years." <laughs> All right. No. So, oh, you were talking when you were zero. Yes, I made oh, sentences weird. in the womb. That's he so... was unable to finish a sentence, <laughs> as he said. <laughs> I couldn't do it before because I couldn't make it. Because... I couldn't start it, and then when I could start, I'm here finishing. Uh, no, but I think so. I think walking is a great way to like taking walks. And there are a lot of ways to kind of be like, Hey, will you take a walk with me? And, and cause I want to sort this, I need your help. And then you walk with the person, like let's get in a routine of let's walk every Tuesday and Thursday morning, whatever, get them like going, listening to podcasts, listening to this podcast or our podcast or whatever on walks. Like if you're a sports fan, listen to all your teams, podcasts about your team, that, is it, you kind of forget that you're doing the walking. Book and you, on tape. Book on tape, all that stuff. But if you set a goal for yourself, all right, I want to walk. This guy would say if he is overweight, like 7,000 steps a day. Start at 5,000, then maybe 7,000, then bump it up to like 10. And if he's doing 10,000 steps a day, first of all, when you're walking, you're, you can't eat because you're just walking around. And so if that takes him a couple of hours, that's hours that he's not sitting down eating. I know this because I do this. I try and walk as much as I possibly can. It helps me think when I'm walking. I don't know if you, you do that too. Like it sorts your brain out a little bit if we're like, all right, what do we have to do? Jay and I will often walk and like mm -hmm. talk about all the things we have to do, work stuff out that we're blocked on if we're writing something. So it's, and it's good time spent with someone where you're not doing it, where you're actually not eating something or anything like that. You're just like taking a walk in the neighborhood, wherever. It doesn't have to be hills or anything. Start small and then you just get incrementally better. And I think that will be the catalyst for a bunch of other stuff. I would say, I think I agree with Randy. Walking, it's not so overt. Like, I think people don't want to be preached. To. Right. Yeah, I have so much to say. Please. And the first thing that came up for me when I listened to this as a formerly obese person is when I would receive unsolicited advice on weight loss. It was hurtful and it was frustrating because you do not know what that person has tried. You don't know what they're doing. That's a great point. And even if you do, unsolicited advice is just hurtful and frustrating. So what I would start with is just making it clear that I'm available um, when he brings it up. And a phrase that I love is, how can I support you? Yes. Mm -hmm. And just making it clear that you're available. I would be happy to go for a walk with you. You know, just how can I support you? Um, and let him answer the question, because a lot of times the answer to that question is you're doing it right now just by listening to me. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the answer is I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. Um, My question is, what if he's like, can you take a walk with me because I need your help or advice? Like, how, what if he phrased it in that way? Or is that underhanded? Is that weird or wrong? I mean, I would see through it. I would be like, you're trying to get me to go for a walk. You right, know what I mean? Right, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, the first thing that came up for me when I, when I listened to this question is just like, it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. It's not your job to get your friend into shape. You can't get your friend in, into shape. You also can't outwalk 
a binge eating disorder. No. And I don't know this that. person's life, but that's what I have experience with is compulsively exercising to try to counterbalance whatever uh, eating you're a compulsive doing. eating disorder. That's right. That's yeah, right. absolutely. Um but yeah, that's what comes up for me. I am a big walker. I walk to and from the mall. It helps me to have like a place I'm going. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do my calls. It's where, when I like get my support um, yeah. from people in the support group I'm now in for compulsive overeating. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched yeah. our dad was severely overweight. Yeah. And so, you know, that was hard for us because, and he's no longer with us. He died early yeah. as a result of it. And so, you know, and we constantly wanted him to lose weight because we just loved him and wanted him to be around and not, I mean, he died of cancer, but they couldn't really do the treatment, the, the treatment they wanted because of issues. the diabetes that he had. So, you know, there are real health concerns and you can be concerned from the other side. You can be concerned about the people that you love and want them to, you know, you just also, if you love somebody, you don't want them as they get older, you, you know what problems lay ahead, or at least we do. So you don't want someone you love to have to go through that really hard stuff. It's really, really hard. Like the results of being hard on your body or not taking care of yourself younger you can kind of live through it and it's just maybe it's uncomfortable maybe it's a, but the real problems start to come as you start to get older and if you love someone you don't want them to go through that really intense stuff then i understand this person wanting to find a way to help too i do too um and i i tried to change an alcoholic parent i tried to change a parent who smoked until he died i tried to change a parent who is a hoarder and has struggled with obesity. And, and these aren't even your parents. These and are just depression. other people's parents. These are just parents. other people's like, parents. Like, going to That's change right. you later. That's right. I'm going to change right. you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and you up. can't. I mean, no. when addiction Mm-mm. is at play, you cannot take that Very from someone. Hard. So we we all would if we could. You 100%. Know? Of course, we don't want our loved ones to hurt. Um, and like the hard pill to swallow for me is that it can hurt them more and can prevent me from being useful in the future to them if they identify me as someone who's like, you need, you need to lose weight. You need, you need help. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you need help. Right. You, need I mean, help. I, you need help is one quarter turn from how can I, how can I be here to support you? Yeah. But the way you phrase it is the better way to do it. So I, I agree with that. You know, um, I also loved what you said about like starting small, starting with an achievable goal. And I know that I've said that on this podcast before, but it's because it's so moving to me. Um, When Richard Simmons would go to into people's homes who are morbidly obese and would help them start to work out, he had them start just by clapping their hands. Yeah. And so I love the idea of like meeting someone where they're at, meeting yourself where you're at and just going from there. And I mean, just being with someone Mm -hmm. but it goes back to what we were just saying about this person just start yeah just start little three thousand steps a day yeah five thousand steps a day it's totally doable 100 tuesday and thursday with me in the morning yeah i I just want to be with you i it is the heaviest weight that you'll ever lift is getting started it is just so much easier to keep going than it is to start it's the hardest thing because you have to have so much um faith in yourself. Yeah. Like you have to really believe in yourself. And I I look back on like, you know, my own sobriety and I'm so grateful to the Lara back then who just like tried AA, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just like tried to like 
Huge make move. it through that first day and then that Huge second move. day and just like believed that things would get better. Um, stand up. It's it's like trying stand up. Yeah. Before you tried stand up. Yeah. There's a moment where you're like, I can't do that. Well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah. If you have the courage to be bad, if you have the courage to try it once. I, I feel it's the same way in like writing scripts and things like that. You have to have the courage to write a shitty version of your script. Right. Just make the mistakes. Write yeah. it all down, get to the end, and then go back and rewrite it. I mean, it's like go back and redo it. But there's a lot of ways that we can be like, I don't know, it's too difficult. Like, I don't know how to write a second act of a movie. I just don't. I don't know how to do this. Like, it's I'm so bad at this. I can't do it. You'll or I'm just gonna end up right back here on the couch again. So why even start doing the walking? Why right. even start doing the thing? So you go you go to some end game that like you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. And so that courage to take that first step, which is what he was honoring as person who just started, just started, and all that other stuff is it's beautiful. It's cool. I yeah. love it. Let's do another call. Let's do it. Hi, Laura. Do you have any advice about dating in Los Angeles and how to make it not horrible? Any advice is welcome. Thank you so much. Nope. Uh, next caller. <laughs> next call. <laughs> I wish I did. Oof. Um, yeah, this is a more of a you than an us because I've only been pretty much married in L.A. for like the last 20 years. You don't need to rub it in my face every chance you get. No. Did you know that? Is that something you knew? Yeah, Rand, that's weird that I you know. would then hold up your ring and show it to her face. <laughs> I'm not wearing it. Weird. Wet. Uh, no, uh, but it's... Uh, we have friends that are dating. We, I mean, we go through it with a lot of friends. Yeah. And um, it's hard. Jeez. Uh, I wonder what's... My question back to this person would be, what about L.A. are you finding hard? I want to dig deeper into that. Like, what about L.A.? Are you, is it hard because... I don't want to assume anything, but because people are a little more shallow, people are trying to get in the entertainment industry. They're less real people than, say, if you were in Omaha or... There's like an ulterior motive, maybe? Is it just that there isn't a lot of great stuff to do because it's L.A.? I, which I would I would argue, I think there, is ton, there are tons of great well, things to do. Well, let her say, Ren. I don't know. I'm asking about this guy. Um, we don't know the answers. Yeah, I am dating in L.A. And... I try to just keep it small. I, th I think that the biggest problem is just selection overwhelm. It feels like there are so many people. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I'm on one of the apps right now and you'll start talking to someone and then just one or the other of you will just stop talking. And it's mm -hmm. like we were having a perfectly fine mm -hmm. conversation and that's just all that you get. Mm -hmm. Um but mm. I just try to keep it really right-sized and also keep the focus on myself and how I'm showing up. And I try to to make sure that I'm showing up as the person that I want to be. And the biggest thing for me is like just giving people a chance, giving them the time that it takes to get to know someone. Mm -hmm. Because I have friends where when I first met them, I thought that they were boring. I didn't think that we would ever become friends. We didn't click. Um, and they're some of the best friends that I've ever had in my life. And we yeah. laugh so much mm -hmm. when we're together now. Yeah. It just takes time for normal people to get yeah. comfortable enough that you can kind of uh, 
understand each other's sense of humor. Um, yep. And I, I think that a lot of people are looking for a spark, an instant connection. And in my experience, a connection like that is a red flag, actually. Like, mm. it's often a trauma bond. Narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths are incredibly charming and can make you feel like you have met your soulmate in a, in a really short period of time. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Like, you're actually not supposed to feel that way. It's one thing to feel comfortable with someone right away, but you shouldn't feel like you've met your other half because you haven't. You're two people. Right. Well, there, yeah, there is no other half. I mean, that I feel like that myth, maybe that's one thing this person can do is sort of remove that notion of what you're looking for. Change how you're looking for it. I think that's what you're sort of saying. Yeah, I think that's... Well, here's my question for you. How quickly in meeting somebody new do you reveal to them that you're a comedian? When does that come into play? Um, Im immediately. Yeah. I mean, it's like in my profile because it's what I do for a living and it's a huge part of my lifestyle. Yeah. And it's also Outlook. been the biggest source of conflict in my adult relationships. Because I'm, people don't want to share you with that life? Because I'm gone so much and also because there's honestly a lot of jealousy. Like it takes a lot of people off the table because if you're working a nine to five day job that you don't want to have to get up for in the morning, you're going to be really jealous of the fact that I don't have to do that. Oh, and it's created jealousy. a lot of resentment in my relationship. So that's not what I was thinking you were going to say. You were I thought you were going to say like people adoring her on right. stage. Yeah. That like, like you become this like, because when you're on stage, bunch of dudes in the green room, comics talking or to you. Or just your larger than life personality when you're on stage. When you're on stage at the main room, it's 400 people. They're all hanging on every word. You get laughs. It's like, you're like a superhero in those instances. And so like, I wonder if the person is jealous of that, that like you get to do that. Whereas, I mean, you have got to find the right person who thinks that that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. That thinks that that's what makes you so awesome and unique and, and, or someone who's accomplished in their own field of whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Someone who is happy their with thing. their life and their That's career it. and is, you know, perhaps living a dream. Someone who's like been the most brilliant comedy booker ever on a late night talk show, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you be talking about? I don't know. Just people we know. People we know. Just who's the guy who booked Conan, Rand? Who's the guy who booked Conan for all that time? Like he was weird so good. initials. PJ? <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you talking about PJ my, Tuck. my married producer, J.P. We're hitting on J.P. PJ, right PJ, PJ Tuck. Would you please stop trying PJ to Tuck. have I think sex it was PJ with Tuck. my producer PJ right Tuck now? was No, really... but like, so that's, but that's an example of a guy who, who I'm going to put him in a, in a category of someone who professional, has an interesting job, interesting life, and is successful at it. Will, I'll say, I'll throw Will in, who's engineering this and who edited a project we've done and was an editor on Conan for many, many years. That's a talented, creative dude who's confident in what he does and is great at what he does and loves what he does. So the other person doesn't have to be a comic. They just have to be in something that where they have some understanding of this spectrum that you're in, I think, mm. for you. And I don't know about this person because they didn't reveal what's in the caller, what's part of their, what's important to them. But I think, I think you were kind of hitting on it for them, not to bring it back to the advice, but I think it's 
sort of starting to understand what's important for you, take LA out of the picture and be like, what are some things that are important for me and the people I'm looking for and start looking for those things. And then maybe it's like a magic eye photo where it looks like it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But when you start looking for the thing that you're looking for, people start to emerge or like you said, people you're getting to know, you're like, oh, that person actually is really loves what they do. Yeah. I didn't know that about them in the first time when we met at that bar. But now the third time I'm talking to them, they're really passionate about what they do. And then they understand my passion for stand up or right. this, you know? Well, if I, if I can interject for a second about something that kind of worked for me in terms of L.A., because L.A. is a big city of so many people kind of focused on their own thing. The thing that connected me to some people that I've been friends with, and this is not romantic at all, but I just went and started playing co-ed soccer because mm -hmm. I played soccer growing up because I loved it. It was something that made yep. me happy. And so I found a league in Santa Monica. I played with a bunch of people. And then eventually, after about like a few months, I met friends that I've been friends with for 15 years now. It's awesome. And Great so we, we, we have something in common. So we share that. So maybe there's that opportunity that find a club, find something like an activity that you like. If there's someone that you're romantically interested in eventually that does that as well, you have that as a connection. And also, like to Laura's point, it gives you the time to build that relationship. You're not that aggressively like sitting down to interview them for a lifelong relationship. Right. It's not all about that thing at first. It's yeah. about other things too. I would argue even something as crazy as like Burning Man. Go to burn like you'll meet all these people from LA are who you might have the same thing. Me to go to Burning Man. <laughs> yes, I think you will. My husband. No, you, you might should. not be your husband, but you might. You're going to get a fly a name. You definitely. And then I don't know what your playa name would be. I don't know. Randy, what was your playa name? I don't know. Hot clip? No, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was hot clip. I'm not even joking. I hot clip my daughter's hair for picture day because my wife wasn't there. Whatever. I mean, the point is, it's but 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 that's a great point. Sh shared experiences. I mean, I always do say this when when people come to our shows, when like a couple, either a married couple or boyfriend girlfriend, boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend girlfriend, when they come to our shows. And they're like, we listen to the podcast together. We do this. They have a shared interest of a thing that they do together that they actually love, which speaks to what JP was saying. That's 100% a wonderful in for making a connection. You know what's interesting f for me, and I feel like this has largely become about me now, and I, and I do want to pivot back to our listener at some point. I mean, this is great advice for anybody, but when I started dating my ex, we were like going on hikes and doing stuff, you know, going camping, like doing stuff out in nature. And then I think like a year in when he realized that what I really like to do is puzzles with my cats. Um, it kind of became a thing because like I'm tired, like my travel schedule coming up especially is like crazy. And yeah. I'll tell you what I don't want to do. The one day that like I fly back when I fly out the next day is like, go on a hike. Mm -hmm. Like, get out of my face. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. I want to sit on the couch. And um, and so it's interesting because I am kind of looking for like a homebody and yet also have a, an exciting lifestyle. Yeah. Like I, I travel a lot. So I feel like I'm very exciting and also very boring. And right. that is an interesting thing. But um, I want to go back to like, to the listener and a piece of advice that I received that I really liked was the only thing you need to know on a first date is whether or not you want a second date. Mm -hmm. I feel like we future trip so much and yeah. we're looking for like, is this my person? And you can't and shouldn't know that on a first date. 
And um, so I try to keep it to like, do I want to have another conversation with this person? Mm -hmm. I just had a first date um, the other day and he was lovely. And I would see him if he asked me out again. Andre, if you're out there, (laughs) hit me up. This is Andre Andre 2000. It's not Andre 3000. It's Andre 2000. Andre 2023. 2023. Let's do it. 2023. Yeah. And it's like, it wasn't, you know, I don't think either of one of us like blew the other person's mind but you but were neither in to did see my the next... friend Katie when we met you know I like what I mean? that I like, like your a, attitude about this I am like... looking for my best friend you yeah. know and so it's like how did I connect with my actual best friends that's right. a great thing to say and I also think there's so much let me go back to LA I'm gonna actually tout LA as a place where there's so much cool stuff going on all the time Make it your business to find out what cool stuff is happening at the Broad, at the wherever, you know, down out by Venice on Abikini, like where, wherever. Find something really cool and get into it. It's an adult soccer league. It's a kickball league. It's a, you know, trivia night somewhere at a bar, like whatever. Like find out and really make it your business to kind of find that stuff and you will meet people. Go to comedy shows. You'll meet people and, and you know, like I take an improv class. Like there are a bunch of things even if you don't have the joy, the desire to be a comedian, there's a lot of ways to like meet people. I think the old, like, I think it's so hard to just either meet someone in a bar or to go on the apps and meet someone. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, everyone's looking so hard. I've seen people meet people at parties. Like that's where I've seen it kind of happen a little bit because people know that if you were invited here by this person that I know, you kind of check out a little bit. You know what I mean? Unless you're a friend of a friend, if you're two ancillary characters that you got to sort of allow for that to happen. But, you know, I know people that have met people at things and the connection is the person who had the party or whatever. And that has worked. That has worked. Yeah, I've heard that too. And other people have suggested parties to me too. And I think that these are great ideas to which I would add but don't do stuff that you don't like to do because then the prize is going to be a person who likes stuff that you don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, That's a great call. I don't know if I want, I mean, I, I do know because this was a problem in my past relationship. Like, I don't want to date someone who loves going to parties all the time because they want me to go with them and I fucking hate parties. <laughs> I hate being in groups of people I don't know. I do. It's incredibly stressful. And he would invite me to parties and I didn't want to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard too. So it's like, don't like, yes, meet someone in a kickball league. If you like kickball, don't meet someone in a kickball league to meet someone if you don't want to play play kickball. kickball. So let me be more specific. There are lots of cool things in LA to do. So many cool things to do. LA is not a lame city at all. I think there's so much great stuff. Find the things that you like and do those things. Yeah. And and that's that's a more specific way to say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. I want to do another one. Do you guys want to do another one? Sure. Let's do it. Oh, hey, Laura. I have a great question for you. Uh, So I was talking to this guy. We met on Hinge and we kind of hit it off. We went out on one date, which was just like a chill. I hung out with him in his tattoo shop. We just kind of walked around. We drew together. I'm an artist for listeners who don't know. Um, And then we were texting. He started texting me every day. So we're texting good morning and good night. And how was your day? And it was really consistent. And then all of a sudden yesterday, I was like, I texted him something and I was like, oh, good morning, cutie. Like, how's your day going so far? 
And I've been on red for over 24 hours at this point. He has not responded. He's currently out of town. He's in San Francisco. And before he left me on red, we made plans to go on a road trip together. So I have an art show in Portland. He was like, oh, I'm from Portland. Like, I'll go up with you. That'd be hella fun. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know this dude super well, but sure, let's go for it. That would be fun. And it's for an art show that I'm in. So meanwhile, with him not talking to me, I've made all these plans. I have a friend that wants to drive up with me. This guy is in San Francisco right now. We were planning on picking him up on the way. That was like last time we talked. And now he's left me on red for over 24 hours. So I'm kind of like, do I just assume he's not interested anymore? What do I do if he texts me back? Like if he texts me back in like three days and he's like, sorry, I got hit by a truck. Like maybe, but for the most part, I'm feeling like I should just assume he's not interested and make plans with my friend that don't include him. But yeah, I'd love your thoughts on this. Let me know. Okay, bye. My first thought is that uh, my name is pronounced Lara. <laughs> um, it's a good one. What What did you guys think? There's a lot. So here. a lot to unpack here. First of all, she sounds so cool. I mean, I love that. Like they drew together. Like that to me is is just awesome. Like mm-hmm. I've never even heard of that. It's like a scene from the movie Ghost when they were making pottery pottery together, and then uh, she gets scene. and then I she gets to, ghosted. I we've always if wanted, he was drawing hand over hand, right, right. Right. <laughs> moving her hand, MC Escher, like the hand drawing the hand. I've always wanted to do a remake of Ghost with Patrick Swayze today. Today, today, no, with Patrick Swayze today. A million percent do that we do to a, promote a show. No, no, make no. a pot that says like, "Come see Ooh. us at the it's whatever." Us doing it on each other. I, by the way, I tried to make a pot on a pottery wheel the other day. It's the most impossible thing in the world, but. It looks so easy. It is so hard. So hard. Impossible. It's like surfing. All right. So I was like, (laughs) we want to remake Ghost today with Patrick Patrick Swayze Swayze in the movie. Today. Only Whoopi Goldberg, the actress, can can hear him and talk to him. He's a literal ghost. Is he alive? No, No, he's dead. Um, (laughs) It's comedy, Laura. Anyway, so... uh, I I know, I know. So I love... I really, really, truly like um, immediately hearing this woman. I like her. I just, I delight, like her vibe. I like her artistic leanings. She just, see, I want to like, I'm immediately and I'm biased towards her, <laughs> like leaning towards whatever she's saying. This is what I would say to her because we've had in our dealings with certain people that we're close with for whatever reason we'll text something or we'll email something and there'll be a huge lapse huge of time. Huge lapse of time. And we start to go through all the things of like, well, was this person not, you know, want to be involved business-wise with us? Or like, what's happening? Like, we lose our brain. I get super emotional and upset. Jay usually calms me down. But like, it's, it, it's easy to go to that place. But it, we always we don't assume. We have to find the answer as to why I'd this say happened. 75% were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> our negative impulses or her saying, I'm just going to assume that he doesn't want to be with me. Mm. That's your impulse and that's correct. To, your brain goes there just because we all do this. Right. So I'm not faulting that. That's what we do. I'm saying that's what I would do. Yeah. But I would caution her for us to assuming anything. You got to find out the real answer. Now, if you eventually get back to him and it sounds like he's lying to you or it's something doesn't seem right. Or you reach to him again and say, Hey, I, I'm a, 
not a big deal. We've just been in really good contact and it's been a couple days and I know that you've read the text. And so are you all right? Is everything everything okay? Or are we just not going to communicate anymore? I think that's fine to say to somebody, you know, in in a non-pressurized way, just saying, Hey, I was enjoying communicating with you. And then I don't know the reason why it stopped. I hope you're okay. Is there anything I can do to help? And if not, and if you don't want to communicate anymore, the best thing you can do to me is tell me right now so that I don't sit around and wait anymore and hope that you're okay or worry or wonder. Then you just want information. At at some point, it doesn't matter whether he likes you or not yes. or why the person gives it. You just want information. Yes. Like, Please tell us what's going on. Please tell me what's happening. And maybe there's an acceptable explanation. You don't know. Like something could have happened with his parents, somebody right. could be involved in like a crazy amount of situation and he just can't get back or like is dealing with something huge on his own. And But just- I always say to myself, and then we will stop over talking and let Laura say something as well on her own podcast. I do think that even if I was in the heat of something intense, I would be like going through a hard thing. So sorry. I will get to you as soon as I can, but a really hard personal thing. Yeah. That takes less than four seconds yes. to do. Yes, it does. That is common human decency. And this might be a red flag if this person mm-hmm. is disappearing like this, even in the heat of something intense, or that person is saying that you are not important enough to me for me to give you that information. But you don't know his phone could have gotten stolen, could have lost it, could have broke, whatever. I, the I'm only just things saying. I know are that his phone is fine. Right. That's the only thing I know. So, so <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. With I give people the benefit of the doubt because I want to hear the reason for myself as yeah. to why this is happening, and then until proven guilty. At that point, I will assess as to whether or not I think it's bullshit or I think he's being real, and then you can move forward with your assessment of the whole thing. Because, and I would make a contingency plan on your trip to Portland with that don't include yeah, him. Yeah, going with a friend. 100%. So have that contingency plan, and also then have the other plan that if it does work out that it was something weird, and he apologizes, and you feel like you got the apology you needed, and you feel like... Or you like, could be like, hey, we're going up to Portland. If you... We're past San Francisco now, but I'd love it if you came. Get mm. your ass up here. Come on up to Portland. I got so a show. I think Jay's right in terms of the, it, there's a way to say, are you okay? And not put the, not, there's a way to do it that doesn't come across like accusatory in any way, shape or form. And then it's on that person to come back and be honest about what's going on. And yes. if they're not, then move on. Yeah. Move on. It's a bummer because there was such nice communication at first and it seems like there were a lot of interest and whatnot. It's worth kind of, that's why I'm saying it's worth not jumping in and be like, what the, f- why are you not getting back to me? Right. Even though you feel that way, just be like, are you okay? Is everything all right? Because we had a great communications and now it just stopped and it just feels like something's up. Just tell me what's going on. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I love, are you okay? As a, f- as a first ask. Um, I have so many, I, I have three things that I want to say and we'll see how many of them I remember by the time I finish my first sentence. <laughs> um, which is as follows. I've given this piece of advice on here, I think, before, but I'm going to apply it to this specific situation. One thing I like to do is an I feel statement followed by an ask for what I want. So in this situation, that might look like I feel confused when communication drops off suddenly, like we've been talking, you know, I I feel confused because we were talking and now we're not. Mm -hmm. Um, 
One thing that feels good to me is when communication is consistent. That doesn't mean it has to be every day, but I like to know where I stand. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's okay to ask that. And um, something that a friend told me that was a really great piece of advice that I received once was she said, I I was in a similar situation where a, a guy was communicating inconsistently and I was telling myself stories in my head to try to make sense of it, as we all do, um, mm-hmm. as, as you said. And she said, he's already not dating you the way that you want to be dated. So ask him to date you the way that you want to be dated. And one of two things will happen. He will or he won't. And all you have to lose is someone who's already not Doing what you want. Yeah, it's not worth saving. Yeah. And this just is another, like, this is a perfect example of what I was talking about with our other caller. We're like, I focus on how I'm showing up. And, um, And my experience is that if I keep myself silent and small to make a guy like me, uh, it chips away at my self-esteem. And if I practice intimacy and practice asking for what I want, uh, it builds my confidence and it makes me feel better about myself. And I I mean, I, what I would say, I agree with that a hundred percent. I, what I would say is that you leave yourself open. If you come at it the way we were describing of like, I I like what you're saying. I feel confused. This is the way I feel. I'm a little confused. First of all, are you okay? Right. That's a good way to come at it because then you're just asking the question. And in asking the question, you show that you care about the situation. You show that you care about this person. Are you okay? Yeah. Because something, when you ask, are you okay, when something weird happens, that's when we do. Mm -hmm. Are you all right? Is everything okay? You're not charging in with it because she seems like a very extremely rational, extremely, uh, you know, level-headed person just from her, the way she described everything, the way she, her, her assessment of their communication. She's extremely Mm level-headed. Again, I cannot tell you how much I'm on this person's side, just listening to her voice, listening to how she described this thing. Randy wants to go kick this guy's ass. No, no, no. Nope. I just want to know what I like the, what's going on. And then it, positions her in a way that it's not, she's not coming in guns blazing. No. And I think if she says what's going on and then doesn't hear anything for a while, then she can come back with, I'm confused. I feel confused right now because we were communicating so consistently. I'm checking to see how you are. And then I haven't heard from you for a little and I, not sure what happened. That's a very open-ended easy way. I hope you're okay. I really hope something bad hasn't happened to you. Uh, at the same time, it's a little weird and I, you know, feel like a little bit in the dark here and that doesn't make me feel good. I don't love that. I just love letting you know. That. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no one can get angry at you that. You can't get angry at that. That's how she feels. She's not. And if someone does get angry with that, then you're, they're showing then their cards. You That's like, it. I'm out then of just game. be like, all right, if you're mad at game. that, then this is, this is not going to work because I can't, this cannot happen on the regular. Yeah. I hope this woman finds out and now i'm dying to know what happened so i hope she like calls back you gotta do a follow-up you gotta do a follow-up please do we get to do one more yeah oh yeah can we do do you want to do co-workers just sure you're 
your face is lit up right now. So I dare not say no. I do oh, want do- I do want to do that one, but you look like a kid waiting for Christmas. <laughs> Let's you look do so it. excited right now. Coworkers. Coworkers. <laughs> a bunch of my coworkers are really bad at their jobs to the point where I think customers aren't going to come back anymore. Hmm. Should I let my boss know? Or should I just keep it to myself and keep trying my best? That's such God a good damn, question. I love that this guy cares about his job and it's not even his company. Cares about the business. Mm. As we grew up with our parents own their own business. And like, if someone cares, I think, can I start or do you want to start? No, absolutely. Please Okay, start. so I'll let you collect your thoughts as we... I, I got it. I got it. She knows. I did some shuffling. I'm Good. back on board. You're back on board. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think he 100% should talk to his boss. I think the future of this company actually depends on it. His own... It, he He's saying that people might not come back. It may affect the company. What if the company does so poorly that he gets let go because of these freaking people who don't care about their jobs. So I think there is a way to say it also where he says, look, I don't want to create a situation where, where it looks like I'm a narc around these people because then it will become a toxic workplace for me. And that's a whole other set of problems. That's terrible. So I'm coming to you as someone who cares about this place and doesn't want to see the place go under. I really, as your job as the boss, I think it should come from you and it should look like it's coming from you. So my recommendation to you is that you be a little more ever present, you be a little more quote unquote involved in checking up on people. And then here's all the things that I think are going on and you can seem like you're an all-knowing omniscient boss and I'm feeding you this stuff. Please don't tell a single person that I've told you this. Please don't tell a single person it came from me. Also include me in any criticisms. Yeah, take a, take a shot at me too. Do whatever oh, you want. Wow, that's, that's really That's the old, smart. like, you've embedded yourself with the uh, with the mafia. You know, punch me in the face if Cut you have to. Cut my finger off, right. Shoot me in the, shoot me in the shoot shoulder. Me in the shin. <laughs> uh, no, 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 take me down too. Take so, a fingernail. But, yeah. but do it in a way that is that says, hey, guys, I, I would put instead of the you guys suck and you're bad at your jobs, and I put it in the way that like, guys, we are going to be in trouble here. We're all going to lose our jobs. The company might not stay afloat if we don't start doing X, Y, and Z. And make it come from you and not me. And make it come from, num- you know, have the boss come make from it come someone from else, from numbers. numbers. And you know what I mean? Like, don't even make you it. You can address, he said, you know, as, hey, here are some of the areas we maybe can improve these outcomes. Now, if there's someone who's working for you who you're like, this person is actively sabotaging the company, then you can be like, you can remove this person. But yeah. again, it has to come from you and it can't come from, you can't say, I heard this from someone who works with you. Right. Because you don't want other people to, you don't want it to be a toxic workplace, but you got to save your... Or if you really don't feel comfortable, you can submit it all in a letter anonymous, anonymously. Yeah, but they're going to know. Someone's going to know. That's true. Someone's going to know. That's I true. Just, I just think if people are fucking off at their job and they're not caring about their job and it has a potential to affect you, I mean, if you care about this job, you got it. You got, this is a course of action you can, you can make, but you have to have that conversation with the boss. Off, oh, off premises, separate conversation, not sort of traceable, you know, don't leave texts on your phone. Like you really do have to be smart about how you address it. But I think you got to talk to the boss. What do you think, JP? 
Uh, I think this is all fantastic advice. I mean, I was thinking that, I mean, I love the point of being part of the criticism so that it does shield you. Because I do hate the whole, you know, uh, sort of snitches get stitches mm -hmm. idea that, especially when it's uh, someone's livelihood. Like, this is your boss's livelihood. This is your life. This is everyone's livelihood who actually cares. That's right. So the fact that the people that don't care, if they lose their jobs... I guess they they probably don't care, right? right. They'll, they'll go. So I definitely think, I mean, I, in the back of my head, I was like, what about an anonymous Yelp review? But <laughs> if it's just pointed at this place, it could come back to them. Uh, mm. But I definitely think you've got to talk to the boss. I definitely think if you care about this company, uh, maybe they're not, this isn't the reason to do it, but maybe it does help your career because um, the company grows. He sees that you care about it. And Maybe this is a good, good thing for all people. And then, you know what? Maybe the people that lose their jobs, there'll be new people that come in that are better at the jobs and it creates a better environment in the future. The boss will be happy to hear it. I mean, really happy. I mean, it's beneficial for you. Like, you, there's, there's, there's no bad outcome unless the other people at work find out that you are talking about this and they come after you in a toxic way. If they stay on the job and feel like you told on them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I've worked in a workplace and this is the only thing I fully agree with everything that's been said. Um, the something that I thought of listening to listening to the advice is I definitely worked in a workplace where at every level, like the people who supervised were aware and like, ugh, man, I don't it was a school. It was a school. Mm -hmm. And um, parents would come to like do tours and the office would call the classrooms to tell them that someone was coming to look. So they would like not have kids lying around on beanbags looking at iPods. They would not be looking at Instagram on their phones. You know, they would be like, OK, like and they would present work to the kids so that it looked like it was a functioning school. When So they're like was nobody to go to. And so just for this person's own protection, it's like, make sure that the person that you're telling gives a shit about the business. And if that's not your direct supervisor, because someone's letting these people mm -hmm. get away with murder, if that's not your direct supervisor, like I personally would go over your supervisor's to head the boss. until someone cares. Mm -hmm. To the boss. And if there's no one who does, then like, I guess you don't either. And Look I would start job. looking for another start job. looking for a new job. I mean, I like, again, let's just start with the good thing here, that this guy has a job and cares enough about the business and his own job that he cares about this and it thinks about this. I think that is a lost art in our world right now. I think we have become a society of people who only look out for their own interests and they will only handle or promote the business that they themselves own, which is their whatever, their Instagram following or their whatever. Like it's very hard to find people who just believe in something, even though they're not the boss, who want to come in and just care really hard about their their job. Now, some of that may be the fact that like CEO, like the, the wage gap between the workers and the people who own the companies has gotten so big that people are like, screw those people. And I think that contributes, but I do think it there was there it felt like there was a time in this country, and I don't know way when I kind of we were part of it, our generation, 
where you're like, yeah, you want to go do a good job for this job. You want to, you want to have pride in your work. You want to do a good job, even if you're not necessarily immediately benefiting from it. You just want to be good at what you do and have pride in your work. I think that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. And it sounds like this person does have pride in their work. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sklar Brothers, Randy and Jason. It. Thanks for having us. Um, you can listen to their popular sports comedy podcast, View from the Cheap Seats. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And to see where you can catch them live, go to supersklars.com. And Thank I can't you. believe I said that properly on the first you try. That's a it. lot of nailed S's. it. Before we go, I'd like to recommend a podcast I've been listening to: Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and Christina P. And you can listen to that at ymhstudios.com. And go see live comedy. Neil Brennan is on tour right now. He's super funny. You can get tickets to his shows at neilbrennan.com. And if you'd like some unsound advice, send an email or a voice memo to lara at unsoundadvicepod.com. We might feature you in an upcoming episode. Take care of yourselves and each other. I'm doing the Jerry Springer ending. Yeah. Do you think I can do that? Sure. Don't care <laughs> yourselves, each other, episode. and other people. And Andrew, you are not the father. And <laughs> you are not the father. 